Hello and welcome to the Field Talk podcast from the Linder Farm Network. I'm your host, Dan Lemke. The pork industry has faced some challenges in 2023 with difficult economic conditions and a Supreme Court ruling upholding California's Proposition 12 among the issues. Staff and directors of the National Pork Producers Council held a roundtable event to discuss some of the issues and the opportunities facing the nation's pork farmers. NPPC CEO Brian Humphreys says that even though it's been a difficult year, pork production has a major impact on the country and around the world. I'd be a little remiss if I didn't acknowledge that uh, this has been a bit of a challenging year for the pork industry, Uh, but I'd like to share a few reminders of how important the industry is not only to America, but to the rest of the world. We market uh, approximately 140 million pigs a year, support more than 610,000 jobs, purchase more than 1.6 billion bushels of corn, export $7.6 billion worth of product to more than 100 countries, and we contribute almost $57 billion to the GDP. And this is why MPPC exists, and it's to speak up for the American producers to fight for reasonable public policy, to friend freedom to operate, and expand access to global markets. As the global voice for the U.S. pork industry, speaking up means showing up in Washington, D.C., states, capitals around the country to shape policy that supports producers. It involves working with our international trading partners to ensure a thriving export business for the U.S. pork industry. It means building partnerships across the food production chain to maintain access to affordable and nutritious supply of pork for consumers. And that's why we're here today. As we all know, risk and uncertainty is inherent with farming. It's our job to minimize that risk and bring more certainty to producers to allow producers to focus on doing what they do best. California's Proposition 12, which regulates how pigs have to be raised in order for pork products to be sold into California, was upheld by a Supreme Court ruling. NPPC Chief Legal Strategist Michael Formica says the NPPC is working with California officials to implement the initiative. You know, at, at this point, um, following the Supreme Court's decision, um, you know, specifically with regard to Prop 12, or you know, as an organization, uh, we're trying to work and partner with California on uh, ensuring as smooth of an implementation of Proposition 12 um, as possible. Uh, you know, trying to understand the the impacts and implications of you know it is it is having in the market in the marketplace for you know for producers for the supply chain for our customers uh, most importantly for consumers. Um, producers are out trying you know to provide pork for you know, for those consumers. But, uh, you know, again, for us with Proposition 12, there's, uh, you know, there, there's limited options and you know, legal options available to try and stop. It doesn't mean uh, that there are none. Uh, and, you know, with regard to, uh, you know, future uh, similar ballot initiatives, uh, you know, we continue to, uh, to, you know, to, to watch the battleground and, um, you know, preparing for, uh, for future fights. For farmers like NPPC President-elect and Easton farmer Lori Stevemer, one of the issues with Prop 12 is that one state is telling farmers how they have to raise their animals. California is telling other producers what to do. And I've, I've said it before, as a Minnesota pork producer, I don't think California should tell me how to raise pigs. In terms of adapting housing practices, I mean, producers have been doing that all along, right? If they wanted to raise pigs outdoors, they can raise pigs outdoors. If they want to be inside inside the the market determines that um that 
incentive they might receive from their packet processors re- determines that. So that hasn't changed at all. That free market part, the part that's frustrating is that yes, one state telling another what to do or telling others. Pipestone farmer and past NPPC President Terry Walters says individual farmers have to decide if making the changes to their barns to increase animal living space in response to Prop 12 is worthwhile. What of investment do I make in an operation to be ready for the future of which I can't figure out? I don't know. And so it's a large commitment at the producer level to make that change. And the other part of that is, is products go to California. We raise pigs. And once we divide that pig up and I deliver that pig to the packer, I don't know where that pig is going. So I sit in that position as a producer, work with a packer in my area. Relative to your other question, certain regions, I maybe don't live in that region. And that's an ongoing challenge for producers as we raise pigs, not products. In addition to California's Proposition 12, a similar ballot initiative in Massachusetts called Question 3 went into effect in August. Formica says the NPPC has been working to address that issue as well. You know, after the Supreme Court decision came down, uh, you know, in addition to uh, beginning to negotiate with California, one of the uh, one of the, the maybe the second thing we did was turn uh, turn to Massachusetts NPPC along with um, you know partners in the food chain, uh, you know, specifically the National Restaurant Association's uh, litigation center, um, as well as the state restaurant and hospitality associations from the various New England states, uh, had filed a, a suit. Um, you know, early on, uh, seeking to stop the implementation of question three, um, we, you know, we have negotiated then, um, you know, a settlement for part of that suit, specifically with regard to, um, what I'll call the, uh, prop 12 type of arguments. Uh, one of our, um, you know, one of our main concerns with question three beyond just the, you know, just beyond the, uh, prop 12, uh, um, housing standards that it was trying to impose um, was unique to Massachusetts in that the uh, Department of Agriculture uh, interpreted the law as not allowing pork to move through the state of Massachusetts into other states in New England. Um, you know, they've also taken the position that um, pork, uh, you know, non-compliant pork, um, you know, couldn't move through Massachusetts to be sold to a federal facility to, uh, you know, whether it's a, a veteran's home, uh, an army base, Coast Guard base, uh, you know, they, they thought it was uh, fairly uh, encompassing. We, we reached a, uh, a settlement with the, uh, with the state uh, as they modified the implementation date for, uh, for question three. They have agreed that they will not enforce what we call the transshipment requirements so pork um, you know, pork will need to be compliant if it's going to be sold uh, for consumption in Massachusetts. But if uh, pork is moving through a distributor in Massachusetts, but it ultimately is going to be sold in, in Maine or New Hampshire, Rhode Island, which gets all of its uh, all of its food deliveries, uh, you know, most of Connecticut, parts of New York, um, it will continue to be able to be sold uh, and, and move through Massachusetts. That's important because Massachusetts, uh, which is the largest state in New England, uh, really uh, is is where all of the warehouses and all the distribution for you know for the the entirety of New England um, rests. Uh, they've also agreed that they will begin 
working on a new rulemaking that clarifies that um, you know, that uh, within the within the regulations. Um, so we'll get a permanent solution to this transshipment issue. And then uh, there there's some other lingering issues um, we have with uh, with question three that need to be addressed in subsequent rulemakings. Pork industry leaders are in Washington, D.C. this week, and among the initiatives they're addressing with lawmakers is the Ending Agricultural Trade Suppression, or EAT Act, which would prevent individual states from regulating farmers and ranchers nationwide. NPPC President Scott Hayes from Missouri says the Supreme Court's Prop 12 ruling pointed toward the need for such legislation. We're certainly hopeful that that there'll be some fix. Uh, Congressman Thompson's been a champion of of uh, producers' rights and consumers' rights, and and uh, he certainly wants to uh, to prevent uh, you know the elitist in in California from telling the rest of us how to raise pigs. Uh, and and as Brian said, it goes far beyond that. That's just the beginning. Uh, I think if you dig into the the Supreme Court ruling, uh, what it said was even the Supreme Court finds this is a problem. It just wasn't. They didn't think it was their problem. And they encouraged Congress to fix this. So, you know, we we would echo that, that, you know, we, we believe that uh, Congress needs to fix this. We understand it's a, a complicated issue when you start talking about all of uh, commerce between states. Uh, but we do we do need a fix. And we very much appreciate Congressman Thompson being a champion of, of uh, trying to get this resolved. Aside from the EATS Act, pork leaders are pressing for funding in the Farm Bill for continued animal disease prevention and preparedness, according to NPPC CEO Brian Humphreys. As, as I'm sure some of you are aware, if we were to get a disease like African swine fever in here, or a foot and mouth disease, we're talking about $240 billion worth of damages to this industry. Uh, and that is uh, to agriculture, excuse me. And that would be, that is, that is substantial. And yet we can do some things today as part of the Farm Bill that would help prevent that. Uh, we talk about funding for the National Animal Health Laboratory Network. We talk about funding for the National Animal Disease Preparedness and Response Programs, the Veterinary Stockpile, the Vaccine and Veterinary Countermeasures Bank. Those things are all incredibly important. Uh, I think we can all agree that, that those are things that we can be working on together. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't miss uh, if I didn't discuss the Beagle Brigade uh, and the effort that we're putting there to ensure that we have enough beagles. Uh, and the training center needed uh, to inspect the ports of entry around the country. And some of our board members had the opportunity to uh, take a tour and better understand how those dogs are trained. And, and they showed up at World Pork Expo and did a demo for folks. Uh, truly fantastic. And I think as we talk about one of the measures we could put in place to protect our industry and all livestock agriculture from a foreign animal disease, um, I think we can agree on that. So uh, again, uh, a lot of topics here, but as I look at it, our efforts that we're going to be focusing on this week in addition to, to ETAC, uh, are around our three-legged stool of uh, foreign animal disease prevention and preparedness, our work on the Beagle Brigade, and the other efforts I have there. So, Thanks for joining us for this Field Talk podcast. Find other podcasts at linderfarmnetwork.com and get the latest farm news and information from your local LFN affiliate.